Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode oh. 400. The Big Ted Williams. That's what I think of 400. I think of Ted Williams immediately. I don't know about you guys. We have my guy, Mitch Ross, uh, not on the ones and twos, across from me, underneath me on the Zoom, and special guest, Nolan Murphy, joining us, the Nolan Murphy on Twitter, Mitch Ross, MKE on Twitter. You guys know that. Um, but happy to have you both, um, both part of the extended Tapping the Keg family, um, as we've done this now for 400 shows. Uh, excited to excited to talk today, guys. I feel old, yeah. first of all, 400 <laughs> episodes. Uh, I remember when we did the first one, I had more hair. I probably weighed a little less. Uh, and yeah, I was, I feel like I unfroze myself like Ted Williams for this uh, actual episode. Is Ted Williams still frozen, you think? Or is that like not a big deal? I have no idea. I have, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, that's none of my business. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch is, we're going to have to write up Mitch's cryotherapy uh, rules, Murph, back, like 20 years from now. And we'll have to freeze, freeze Mitch. And that'll be yeah. kind of what, what we'll do. I only got uh, 20 years left. Damn. No, yeah, I was going to say, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I know he, I know he does eat a lot of hamburger helper, but I'd hope he could stretch it out for like maybe 30, 40 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mitch, everything Mitch eats has freezer burn on it probably, but I mean, let's go <laughs> 25, 30, 35 years. I hope the big man can be around for a while. No, we want Mitchie around forever and ever. We'll, we'll do this. This will, we'll be on like, We'll be old guys just be like, ah, oh, this is Tabby the Keg episode 1,500. Yeah, I, I plan on doing episode 1,000 from Boca. Either I'm retired or in a home because that's the <laughs> only way that place I can afford. And it's like $50 a night. And they just figured out, my grandkids figured out a way to put me there. So, yeah, knowing our luck, our, our kids will end up doing this and then make actual, actual fucking money. And it'll just, I'll be like, well, at least I get to live vicariously through you. It'll be a real Todd Marinovich situation uh, with my with my unborn child. Charlie's gonna have his kid podcasting at two years old. <laughs> just hates his life already. He's like, just no. You need to listen to Mike and the Mad Dog today, Dad. It was from thirty years ago. I don't care. <laughs> I need six notes. I need what you learned, bullet pointed out. Give me the hot topics per per the day. Speaking of hot topics, though, we didn't even get our topic list to start. Uh, we'll talk about Packer Buccaneers. It'll be like this. It'll be very free-flowing, but we are going to obviously talk about the Packers Buccaneers. Our guy Murph was at Lambeau Field last week. We'll talk about that experience, the differences, what it was like. Um, we'll also talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and kind of not caring about the regular season and where they are right now. And then uh, we will talk a few other Snowtap WI topics, Mount Rushmore, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, but Packers do play the Buccaneers on Sunday. Uh, obviously, as I said on Daily Tap yesterday, it's you. all the storylines been talked about. I think everybody is kind of keeping their mouths shut. Um, for you guys, because I've talked a lot this week, what is the one thing that you've kind of honed in on, focusing in on, thinking about uh, this week? For me, it's Brady and Rodgers. I mean – we finally get it. I mean, it's yeah. it's a long time coming, and this is a game that I think will help um, cement Aaron Rodgers' legacy. I think if he gets to another Super Bowl, that's huge. Obviously, winning one gives him two and puts him in another another echelon, if you will. I know he's 
considered, and I don't disagree that he's one of the best quarterbacks to play the position, but to beat um, a guy who's unquestionably the GOAT, I think, would be would be big. I know that Brady's 43 years old now, going on 44, whatever. No, that was Breeze who just turned uh, last week, who got his got his ass whooped, and he's done now. But, um, yeah, Rodgers knocking off Brady, I think, is the, the top storyline coming into the uh, NFC Championship game. I am so proud that Mitch did not say we are one game away from the Bucks season officially starting with the Packers getting eliminated. That would have uh, really busted my chops. But uh, Mitch is on I mean, the bandwagon, yeah. dude. You don't you don't know this. Mitch and I, uh, Mitch and I slammed so much screwball last weekend. We like that was a very much a throwback of like 2010. Yeah, Mitch and we I. did we did one at each touchdown, and I think one after the after the win, right? Yeah, the Canadian so club when. After- when we recorded the snow tab game review, uh, yeah, you guys, we were, looked, we, we, you guys looked like you'd been drinking with me. I saw the video. I was so, so impressed. I wasn't jealous because we'll get into where I was, but I was like, man, those boys are lit up. Mitch, you probably looked as drunk as I've seen you on video in a long time. Oh, stop it. I, uh, yeah, we were, we were, I was going to say we were five or six shots in and I probably had had five or six beers at that point too. And so, and I, um, I was yeah. doing Lambo leaps onto Morgan after every touchdown. She was not pleased because I spilled her beer on the last one. So I was just jumping into her like Lambo leaping after every oh. touchdown. So Your poor couch. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Yeah. God. Talk about Chuck's place falling apart. No shit. He's doing Lambo leaps everywhere. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's not as bad. It was a light leap. But sorry, we interrupted yeah. you, Murph. Your, so, your storyline. Like, Brady, Rogers, like, you know, I manufacture my own storylines. I think it's the national media against the Packers. I mean, if you really had to do a straw poll of the national media, they would much rather have Brady versus Mahomes or Brady versus the Bills, who he's dominated for 20 years. I just don't think, other than the Aaron Rodgers factor, like that's really all the national media cares about this year with the Packers. Like they don't have anything to talk about with him and LaFleur. Other than Devontae Adams, who's had an amazing year, like, no one in the defense really has like a big name. We all love Jair. You know, Z Smith has been steady. Preston Smith's not halfway out of town, I believe. Um, Sean Garris came on strong, but yeah. 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 I, I really do think like the people are going to discount the Packers come game time. And I do really think that spread wise, I think this spread is going to get extremely favorable for the Packers. I'm talking maybe minus two, maybe minus one. I mean, I think the public money, is going to flood in on Tom, you know, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, first ever team to host a Super Bowl. So I, I do, I'm actually really disappointed that Bruce Darians is choosing not to talk this week because he is such an old moron that I was hoping he would be like, oh, the cold weather doesn't matter to me. Well, wait a second. He did say that today. He did I will that. pull yeah, up the did. quote. He, he did make a. Oh, he comment. did. What a bonehead. Like Bruce Arians. I mean, he is so lucky that Cliff Kingsbury's in the league because he's one of the worst coaches in the league from an end game standpoint. He's all, and the things he says, like it going into games, he's a complete idiot. And he also didn't wear sunscreen all year in Tampa. He looks like, he looks like if you saw um, a walrus that would just decided to live on the beach in Florida for a whole year. He's burnt every time I see him. Just kind of has like a, a weird, like, I don't know, Sarasota vibe to him. Just very, like, guy that sits on a poker table all day long. Just not a big Bruce Arians guy at this point. Yeah, I think I think Bruce Arians, I'll pull up the quote here in a second, but 
I think what I what I felt confident about with the Packers and the Buccaneers is watching that first half. Watching that first half of the Bucs and Saints, I watch that game and I'm like, how are these teams even on the same level? Like, they were struggling. There was bad decision-making all over the place. It just was not good football. And they did not look like they like how the Packers did in the second quarter against the Rams, where they laid, started laying the hammer down and started imposing their will. And the only reason the Bucs won that game by a decent amount is because they turned Breeze over. I think they still would have won the game without the turnovers, but Tom Brady didn't start with the ball beyond the 50, beyond the 50 yard line, any of his second half possessions. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I am really worried about like, if you know me, if you talk Packers with me, you know, Kevin King and I don't really get along. Oh, yeah. And I was at the game and I saw Jared Goff look like Joe Montana for like an entire drive in the third quarter as they went hurry up and just went at Kevin King for five straight, straight passes. And you know that Tom Brady saw that, and they will do that at some point. And Chris Godwin and AB are going to get loose, and we are going to like be on our heels. That will happen in this game at some point. I don't care how good you think our defense is playing. The, this is the best offense that we've probably played. I mean, the Titans game, but you have to throw that out just with the conditions. Like, you know, they looked like, you know, they had never seen snow in their life. This is the best offense we've probably played all year. And they, they're much better than they were, you know, we saw them in October. So, I mean, I'm a little worried about the defense, but that's just probably me being pessimistic. And then, I, I mean, Rodgers for years has had trouble with Romy linebackers. Like the Brian Erlacher types always give the Packers, you know, difficulty. And that's what Devin White is at the end of the day and Levante David's a stud too. So their secondary is full of sibs. I mean, yeah. Carlton Davis, I don't think has had a good play since he picked off Rogers and Antoine Winfield jr. A lot. I think one of the higher passer ratings is a safety in the NFL this year. So as long as we get rid of the ball quick, I'll be happy. But I mean, I'm going to be a complete mess by about noon on Sunday, just like mentally. Real quick. Yeah, Mitch. I was going to say the, 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 the defensive front seven for the Buccaneers is, Really solid, and those linebackers have. I've been thinking about them a little bit for sure. Devin White, I don't know how he didn't. He didn't make a Pro Bowl, right? Which is okay. The Pro Bowl is a joke. It's all pro, but like also like. But was he on an All Pro team either? I mean, Uh, I don't know. The AP votes on it, and they probably they didn't vote Darren Waller as a second team tight end because they needed to get Cole Beasley in as a fifth receiver. So you can kind of also throw that up. Yeah, Peter King's idea. Uh, Real quick to interrupt, Mitch. I'm also extremely worried about like the Dominican Sue. He legitimately hates Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's dirty. He, he is extremely dirty. Like he has never apologized to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers came out this week and said on the Pat McAfee show that he was hoping to talk to Sue after their game earlier this year in Tampa after the game. It didn't happen. Like if you're in Dominican Sue and your entire professional career has been about getting like dominated, you know, like BDSM style by a quarterback, that is what Aaron Rodgers has done to all of his teams. And that scares me because that dude is unhinged. Yeah. All right, Mitch, are there any other things that scare you besides that front seven? Well, we're, well, we're going to do this, the scared topic. Uh, I mean, might well, as well. Murph, obviously, the we, I did overall, therapy for Murph for the last ten, five minutes about what he's, what's on his mind here. So I might as well yeah. do it for you here. I think probably just the amount of weapons the Buccaneers have on offense is just – I mean, they have two stud running backs. Gronk is, you know, not what he was, but still he had a decent game the first time out against the Packers. And then those receivers, um, 
yeah, it, just the weapons is there's 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 more to defend than than what the Rams could offer on offense. Let me um, let me ask you about the yeah. receivers, both of you. Um, if you so I look at it and I say, all right, Kevin King is a problem. I agree with you, Mark. That's a big worry. I'm definitely concerned, just like you are. But I almost wonder, would you put Kevin King on Mike Evans, being that Mike Evans is a vertical guy, Mike Evans not as fast as A.B. and Godwin, and you just go Jair on either one and let Jair sort of pick and choose kind of which guy he wants to go on. He all he does want to stay on the outside. He's kind of said that. You let Chando take with the other guy, and you kind of go that route. What do you guys think of that idea? I, I think that's a great idea. Kevin King literally probably moves laterally the same way you two do. Uh, so, I mean, not to make fun of you both, but no, he just, he struggles, <laughs> he struggles. And yeah, I mean, I will be irate if Petten is playing 10 years. If, if he's playing Kevin King 10 yards off of Mike Evans and they can just throw 15 curl routes the entire game. Brady I will, will work. Brady yeah. Will uh, Brady will, yeah. That's what you yeah. have to remember. Brady is like, he's a statistician. He's a surgeon. Like he is going to go to work unless we get in his face. I don't remember the last team that beat Brady when their defense didn't get in his face. No, I think you're going to see the pass rush go, and I think you're going to see them try to get to Brady on the inside with Kenny Clark, with you know moving Z around, moving Rashawn Gary around. They've their pass rush has been good, you know, really since that Chicago game where they told Patton like, "Hey, look, we got to unleash the trailer, man. Like we can't be playing this soft. Like that's not who we are. You got to trust us a little bit more. We got your back." I do think adding a guy like Tremont Williams, I don't think he'll do a ton, but it's at least another body. It's another guy. It's better than Will Redmond's ass. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I fucking hate Will Redmond. Did the Packers give up? Did the Packers give up on Josh Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't even know the last time he, he might've DNP'd a couple. I mean, I think he might suit up, but he he didn't suit up all 16 regular season games for sure. Here's uh, Bruce Arians' quote about the cold. Uh, Ryan Wood asked him this question. Bruce Arians on the cold awaiting the Bucs up in Green Bay this week. I don't consider 28 degrees cold. He says his players have had no problems adjusting to the temperatures up here compared to sunny Florida. The weather won't affect the game at all. Love can it. Someone so ask he is Lafleur, an idiot. Someone asked Lafleur the same question. He goes, I think it totally depends on the person. 28 degrees to me can be cold sometimes, depending on what I'm wearing. Very true. And then as Pete Bukowski pointed out, since Arians has been the head coach, we want to guess the record on his games in the road and outdoors in December and January. Four and 10. (laughs) Seven and six. Only two were in places that regularly snows Philadelphia. So Arians has no place to talk in this game. And I think this is why you just got to hit him in the fucking mouth early. If they, I said this yesterday, if they go Conor McGregor style, kind of bring in UFC on Saturday, they go Conor McGregor style on him early. I think they could bury him. Like, I think it could be, and that would be disappointing for all the casuals out there. Wouldn't be for us. We'd be fucking on our way, but I think they could bury him. I really do. Um, But it, it starts with the first and second quarter. That's interesting. I mean, I thought we could have buried the Rams a lot earlier. We definitely – like, yeah. that game was out of hand before the Lazard touchdown, but it really wasn't due to the drops. I mean, the Bucks. I, I threw this statistic out to our group chat two months ago. I think they've won one game in Lambeau 
when it's been below like 40 degrees. You have to remember, and NFC Central, we used to kick the shit out of Warren Sapp and John Lynch all the time, and then they'd give it back to us in Tampa. That's not the dumbest thing Bruce Arians said this week, though. You know what it is, fellas? He goes, New England did not allow Tom Brady to coach. I allow him to coach. I just sit back and watch sometimes. So he basically is shitting on the greatest coach of all time at Bill Belichick. So I don't, the week's not done. I, still plenty of time for Bruce Arians to top that, and I think he will. Because as much as he doesn't want to talk about the Super Bowl this week, he is going to say something dumb. He just can't, he can't get out of his way. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I think, I think that they are just, it'll just add motivation. Like when Jalen Ramsey went to go talk shit to Devontae Adams, I was like, it's over. This is not good. Like, this is like, here we go. And this is just gonna, it's just gonna, we just needed something a little bit. And then that's what started it. I also too, I've been saying the aerial attack with what you mentioned with Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield, like that's what the chiefs did. That's what the Rams did go to town. I, I think the MVS first touchdown prop is a really good one because I do think MVS is getting a deep ball in the first five, five plays of the game. I think it's happening and we'll see what happens if he catches it or not. <laughs> Murph, yeah. is, Murph is nervous about that one, but nah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not a bad, it's not a bad money prop, but like, I mean, that would be a great way to unhinge Packer fans early at like two forty-five Central Time. I mean, we would be upset. Yeah, if, that that would be get another old-fashioned like just start numbing, like just start thinking about it. Like, yeah, no, that. I mean, that, yeah, the, the stats this year have been good. I Mike Sando wrote a piece a couple weeks ago for the Athletic that Rogers receivers dropped sixteen hundred yards and like thirteen touchdowns worth of yardage and touchdowns last year this year was much easier mvs still did drop four touchdowns like no-brainer touchdowns we can all see the one um in chicago um but i do think like as much as it is an aerial attack i don't worry about this but the game that we just won that was the most we've ever ran in a rogers playoff game and i think that's what aaron jones is i mean aaron jones has got maximum two packer games left I think it's an error. I mean, and is, is, is AJ Dillon, like, is he not suit up after that fumble? I mean, Rogers almost killed him. Like that was maybe the, the play that saved our season. Totally. And he, he did practice today. I think they will use AJ Dillon. I think his exposure might be less, but they will try to bring out the three headed attack. What's really going to be important is you're going to have to get to the second level on those roaming linebackers. The only way the running game is going to work is if, Turner, Jenkins, Lindsley, they all get to that second level. And that's yeah. easier said than done. And you have to, you know, know when to shed your blocks and trust your running backs. So it's a very intricate thing. And I, I this is very lineman technique, Brian Baldinger shit. But like that's it's what you have to do if you want to run the ball. I mean, this Tampa team is not easy to run the ball against. No, and that's what screwed us last game is we came out so pass heavy. And yes, we did get up. 14 or 10 nothing and it should have been 14 nothing it could have been 21 but we were in such a weird rhythm I think Aaron Jones had like 50 yards rushing in that game or maybe like 30 like we were so unbalanced right away that we just couldn't get back to like running our base offense well and before I mentioned that after that game and also remember that was the first game Devontae Adams came back and Aaron Rodgers has been known to do this throughout the years where he tries to force feed his guys at different times of the season had that issue with Jordy back in the day 
it hasn't been as much of an issue this year as it has in other years, but that's part of that. Also, another play I would love early is the is a screen play to Aaron Jones because that they'll blitz. Todd Bowles will come. You just throw a quick screen, and it's it's gone. It's night. Yeah, that's a great call. I actually worry a little bit about this. I saw it a little bit in the Rams game. You know, Rodgers gets a little jumpy in these playoff games. You remember back to the NFC Championship game in 2010 in Chicago. He was a little jumpy early. He throws a pick. I believe to Erlacher makes a great tackle to save a touchdown. He was a little jumpy. I mean, he, he threw a ball to MBS. Yeah. He threw that ball on EQ's shoulder. That's an incredibly tough catch. Um, He is, he knows what this means. Like this is his last amazing, like he'll have other shots, but like this is on a platter. You got a home game. You got what you asked for. You somehow got fans in the stands playing a team from South Florida, a 43 year old quarterback, a 95-year-old head coach. Like, let's take advantage. Mitch, any other observations on your, your end? Let's get back in. Uh, I'm just trying to think of what, what in our, what, at what in our inopportune time, if I could talk, will Preston Smith be covering, I don't know, Chris Godwin or something. Or Gates got Gronk or something. Yeah. Yeah, where it's just somewhere he doesn't belong, and it's just going to send people into a tizzy. I just, I'm just, I'm just going to sit back and wait for that one. Yeah, yeah, there's I'm sure there'll be multiple moments where fans are just going nuts and thinking, getting nervous and things like that. But to kind of transition a little bit, still talking Packers, Murph, you're at Lambeau last week. It's COVID. It's what, 8,000 fans. What was it like? Was it how different was it? How similar was it? What were some of the some of the things about it that for the people who haven't been able to attend? Yeah, I mean. Right off the bat, like probably top three sporting event I've ever been to in my life. Wow. Be- best divisional game I've ever been to. Um, you know, I went to the Seahawks game last year. It ha- had a combination of like, you know, we're with a big crew of dudes that a lot of people listening know and that you guys know really well. We were all just so amped up to not only be together, but we had really kind of kept it quiet to the public that we were going to Lambo. And then once we kind of put it on social – we just started getting blown up and, you know, we were feeling ourselves like that was awesome. And we, you know, get dropped off right by the rush center and doozies and stadium view are just rolling. I mean, like, like you would have thought it was 2019 and nothing's changed. Now there were some socially distanced measures and, you know, we'll leave that there and leave that for the people that, you know, want to, want to debate about that. That's not you what listen, I'm paid you for. Listen to my Tuesday show. I talked about it on Tuesday. Yeah. So you listen so, to about Tuesday on that. It, it just had been so long. Like it'd been a, literally a year since I went to Lambeau field and just walking into the stadium. And once we finally got the tickets scanned, like you have to remember, we're not using paper tickets. So I'm freaking out. Like I got the, the tickets on the Ticketmaster app and the Packers app. I'm like, let's get us in. The lady like held us up a little. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going to happen here? Like, I'm probably like, I'm going to flip out if they don't let us in here. Like I'm literally like going to get arrested. Um, and so we get in and we get to our seats. And we can't believe I sat in the North end zone for the first time in my life. And there was no one in front of us. So it was like, we were at warmup. So I've, I've been on the field before an NFL game and I've been on the field during a college game. It felt like that because we're so close. It was like almost watching HDTV at your house. And then you had no one around you. So once the game gets going, like, I mean, we like, they didn't do a flyover, which was kind of a bummer, but there's no, there's no pregame introductions but we were just so juiced up, you know, the concessions, like it was just like walking into a convenience store, you grab two beers, 
then you go around and somebody figures out how to check you out and you got two Vizzies right there, 24 ounces, and that'll probably keep you through the first quarter. But when they scored, you could be sitting, there were six of us, I could jump across to the last friend on the left and like be in their arms. So like, it was like basically bringing your living room into Lambeau with immense space. So it was yeah. really just so cool. Like little Wayne on, you know, on the field was awesome. And when Al Lazard caught that touchdown pass and it like fully, like it, we figured out we were going to the NFC championship game and they started playing the new green and yellow song. The place was just bonkers. It, it felt at that point then, like there was, you know, 80,000 people in there. Um, so it was really cool. You know, like I'm devastated. I can't go on Sunday. I have a major beef to pick with the Packers ticket office and Mark Murphy. And that can be for this podcast for another day. But I mean, if I was an Esquire, they would be a lawsuit filed tonight for whatever shenanigans Ticketmaster did this morning when all the bots that bought the tickets and for a, you know, someone of a descendant of a family that picked their fucking seats out when Lambeau Field was built and I'm not going to be in the house for an NFC championship game. I'm fucking upset. I, I did not tear up this morning. Go I did. <laughs> I teared up after the, yeah, I teared up after the game. We were walking out of the game. I FaceTimed my dad and I'm like, we're going to the NFC championship game. Do you want to go? Uh, and he's like, I'll let you know. I'm like, Oh, sweet. So yeah, sorry. Got a lot going on next Sunday, but I teared up <laughs> with one of my buddies, Ryan Bergetti. And he's like, he knew, and he, he kind of teared up, but it's like, it's just, we've all been through a lot this year and I've been thankful to not go through a lot and I haven't had COVID, but it's just mentally, it's just like, we were at Lambeau field. We were one of, you know, 8,500 people that got to go to a football game this year and win one. And we're one win away from the Super Bowl. So um, I hope it was that cool for you guys on TV um, just because we're in the playoffs. Like it's never promised, you know, this right. year started out with us going three and 13 and Benjamin Aaron Rodgers in November and trading him to the bears over the off season. So like, it, it was just a moment. I'll, you know, I got a really cool photo from a professional photographer that we knew that I'll probably end up framing actually, because it's always going to be like a memory. Like I've been to other playoff games, but this one stands out. So that's my rant. Uh, and that's my A block of first take right there. I said my piece, Chrissy. Yeah, I said my piece, Chrissy. <laughs> uh, no, it was great. I think Mitch, you said what? You thought it was like 30,000 there. Like the way it looked. It looked, it looked, it looked like a ton. It looked like probably at least twice of, you know, there was what, 6,000 season ticket holders. Yeah. And, so eight, and, eight, and then plus, plus the two up to a thousand of friends and family probably um, allegedly. Uh, it, it looked like a lot more than, than what, and then I found out it was 8,500, which if everyone's in the lower bowl, that made sense. And I see, I mean, it depends on, again, you can, you can frame your narrative however you want, but it seems like a lot of the pictures I saw, it did end up looking like, like it was pretty spaced out. And I think from Murph saying just like how much space you had, it, it, it is, that's like a dream of mine to go to a game like that where, you know, I mean, I've been to Bucks games in my Milwaukee Bucks games against the Kings in 2013 where there literally are 800 8,000 people in the building and it, you it's empty but to go to like a super important game like that where you can just like it, it, like it feels like it probably it feels like your voice is heard and it's and not to mention you're just it's like sitting on your couch with your buddies and and um but you're there so that's like got to be damn near a dream come true yeah and like a couple other things Mitch that I forgot to say like the efficiencies were in play you didn't have to wait in line to go to the bathroom. You could go and right. off your, leave your seats after a punt, grab a beer, take a leak, and be back in your seats after the TV timeout. And also, like, you could be heard. One of my buddies was a beacon, Josh Reynolds. I mean, Josh Reynolds is a third, fourth-string receiver. He was in his head. He was sitting 
behind the Rams bench and we met up with him at halftime and his dad's like, yeah, your buddy is giving it to number 11. Like he, he finally had to have somebody come sit by him because he is in his head. So like those things were going on. They gave away like these, yeah, they gave away like these cardboard things that we were supposed to write things on and we kind of did. But at the end of the game, we just started banging them against the aluminum seats, which made it sound so loud. So, I mean, like people have asked me, like, did I feel safe? Like, and I just said, like, I wouldn't have gone to the game if safety was a matter, but I'm also not a nut job Packer fan. So like I was, you know, I, I hope I'm fine. And I hope I, I know COVID has been really serious. So I don't mean to be disingenuous, but like, no, no, no. It, I just put it to the side for a night. That, unfortunately, like, yeah, that's, and that's fair. And I think, you know, Mitch and I, it, Mitch and I aren't saints. Like him and I went to hose after the game. Like we had dinner at Pete's and then we went to hose. Like we had a great time. Like we had an awesome time and like, lived it up as you should after a Saturday playoff game. I said to Mitch before the game, I'm like, it's a Saturday playoff game. If you don't get blitzed, you're spitting in God's face. Like that's exactly, it's <laughs> exactly what yeah. you're doing. Exactly. Like, so- one of my, oh, yeah, one of my, one real quick, like people were getting after it. Like one of my buddies showed up to like get ready in Lambeau and he had taken down a fifth of Fleischmann's and I'm like, Brucey baby, we got a whole day ahead of us. Uh, <laughs> you know, let, let's, let's settle down here a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's a Saturday football game at Lambeau. Like I honestly think they should move the division, the NFC championship and AFC championship game to Saturday because everyone loves Saturday football. Kyle Brandt talked about a good morning football. Like it's just different. Like there's nothing going against it. Own the whole day. I mean, Sunday is great, but like, we're all going to be hung over on Monday. I mean, the whole state of Wisconsin either way is going to be hung over on Monday, the 25th. Right. It's either going to be a situation where it's a celebration like it was in 2010, or it's going to be like me after the Arizona game where I drank, I don't know how many pitchers of beer and did a shot of Jaeger and then got blood the next day and was told I had an inflamed liver. So yes. it's, it's either, it's either, either way. But uh, I didn't want to talk about the signs because Rogers mentioned that on McAfee show was saying how loud it was. Like it was actually loud. And so, you know, that they're going to come back with those signs. And I think it'll even be louder this time around. And I don't know how they did the ticket stuff and we'll, we'll never really know. And I'm obviously sorry that that didn't work out for you this time, but I do think it's going to be rowdy in there. And I think it'll be just as rowdy, if not more knowing what's on the line and that Packer fans always do seem to bring it. I do think that it's not as cold for us helps and that will make it louder because it'll just, it's not like, Holy shit, I'm cold. Like, that Giants game in 27 or in 2017, that was just so cold that no one really like people could barely clap. They were clapping through their hunting gloves and shit like that. So I'm yeah. I mean the Giants game in 2008, I was there. I was 17. I mean, the taps froze at halftime. It was so yeah. cold. It's not going to be a scenario like that, but let's just pray for snow. I mean, if it snows like it's supposed to, I mean, let Tom Brady, you know, let him channel his Foxborough vibes and let's see what playoff Lenny thinks about a little slick turf. Yeah, nothing like playoff Lenny fumbling about three times. Um, but, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for it. Um, I, I like the Packers, of course. I'm not going to pick against the Packers. I think, I think they're going to win by eight, and I think they're going to play the Bills. I think the Bills are beating the Chiefs. I don't know. We'll see what I might think differently. I changed my mind on shit by I would love that, league. but I don't I don't see it happening. But I mean maybe the Chiefs have finally ran out of luck, but Patrick Mahomes could he could have a broken neck and he'd play on Sunday. So you, you also mean, talk about one Packers against the national media. Could you imagine if we had to play the Bills? 
Do you imagine how many people would hate our guts and be like, yeah, it, it would be like, yeah, it would be like whoever, you know, if the Cubs, it'd be like the Indians and Cubs, you know, like the Indians had a little bit of a streak, but like Cleveland had already won a title. It would have been like everyone cheering for the bills. Who cares about the bills at the end of the day? Like right. central New York is a dump at the end of the day, Mitch, <laughs> upstate New York. Mitch, who do you got? Do you obviously, are you going to, are you going pessimistic Mitch on us or bandwagon Mitch? I think I'm going to take the Packers. Oh, baby. I'll go 34-27. All right. Like so they're going to they're co- cover because, as Murph said, the spreads is going to shrink. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's destiny this I, year. All, I'll get Murph's prediction in a second here, but all the public mo- – or all the money right now is on the Packers, which is all the sharp money early. So the early sharp money is on the Packers. I could get you the percentages. Uh, but in by Saturday, like Murph said, as people continue, they'll, the Buccaneers will start getting loaded on. Murph, obviously, your prediction, I think we know where you're going. Yeah, Packers by a million. No, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, they'll cover right now the money. Um, 71% of the money is on the minus three and a half, and 60% of the money is on the Packers money line. I mean, this is a first quarter Murph scenario. I mean, we've, we've wrote it all year long. If you've been with me, you're up extremely well. If that was your only bet of the year, um, I don't think there's any way you can't bet the Packers minus one in the first quarter. It's a no brainer. Yeah. In the snow, I agree. I'm, I'm not always a first quarter Murph guy, but today, this week, first quarter Murph guy. So it's going to be great. It's going to be our, my heart's going to be in my asshole probably by 12 o'clock. <laughs> Might have to get in the Peloton in the morning just to just sweat it out, bike it out. Start. Oh, it's a big workout. Good. Sunday is a big workout morning. Just like get the endorphins out. Maybe get like a four mile walk in. I might even get in my tanning bed in my apartment just to like get an extra sweat in. Probably work out in my gym in like a full sweatshirt and sweatpants just to get everything out of me. Yeah, I agree. Maybe crack stack. Who knows? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think we're all different for those who follow us, who those who don't, we all have kind of different takes on the Bucks. Murph, the reason we call him national media Murph is he's a little harder on the Bucks than, than the Mitch and I uh, Bucks think played well against Brooklyn. Mitch, is there anything that you could take away from that game? And, or does it just like Chris Middleton said today, not really matter. Uh, I mean, it was a good game. I, I don't feel like it was anything to freak out about for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Middleton makes a, a couple things go one, go one way or the other bucks probably win that game. They, they were in Brooklyn and I know there's no fans, but you know, I think road at home makes a little bit of a difference when you're traveling and all that, but to, to hang in there with a, a new look Brooklyn team who let's be honest, Harden and Durant, they haven't wasted a whole lot of time. They've played with each other in the past. They probably play with each other all offseason. And uh, they look good together. I, I didn't follow up on the score on Wednesday night with, with Kyrie coming in, but it didn't look like things were going great for the it's Nets. In, it's in overtime right now against the Spunky Cavaliers, 123 to 120. Um, wow. In the well, land. So, so it's the I first time the- Kyrie's ever played in Cleveland. Sorry, other than one other time. He hates playing there now because he's complete. You know, he's got a lot of – a lot of things going on upstairs, but continue, Mitch. Yeah, so um, I looked at some of the numbers around halftime. They didn't look pretty, and that was kind of my thing that I'm – I guess my ace in the hole with the Nets is that maybe when Kyrie comes back, things are going to take them a lot longer to figure things out, but they do have 50-some games left to figure it out. So 
Um, I mean, the Nets are tough. The Nets are tough to guard. And I think it's going to be pretty clear that um, it's that's going to be the biggest team, to, the biggest hurdle for the Bucks. And talent-wise, yeah, the, the top-end talent in the Nets is better than the Bucks. I, I don't think I can really debate that. Um, but, I mean, the Nets got a lot of, lot of contributions from Jeff Green's corpse. And obviously Joe Harris is a big wild card. Um, that dude, if he's, if he's on, which he's never not on, it's going to be tough to, uh, tough to guard him as well. Cause he, him and Jeff Green are going to be wide open all the time. And I mean, Kevin Durant's impossible to stop Harden when he's flopping. It's he's tough to stop, but the Bucks hung right in there. I mean, they basically traded blows with, with uh, everyone's new favorite team and yeah, I don't know. Regular season doesn't necessarily matter. The the raw wins and losses, you'd like to have. Chuck and I have argued about this. You'd like to have, I don't know, a top three spot in the East, I would say for sure. Um, but you just want to see adjustments from Coach Bud, which I think we've been getting. Um, as much as that's hard to believe, I know. I think that somebody got through to him, though. There, you're seeing more stuff with Giannis as the role man in the pick and roll that you didn't really see in the past. I think there was like, I saw on Twitter, he had like 36 of those where he was the role man. And uh, that's a, that's a big adjustment as well as this new offense that they're, they've apparently implemented. I, I don't see a ton of difference, but it's apparently there um, just in terms of where guys are getting to their spots and the quadrants or whatever coach bud does. Um, but I think just we're easy. Oh, more minutes as well from guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah 40, 40 minutes. 40. Yeah. And, you know, I just hope coach Bud, I don't know if, I don't know why he's doing that more so early in the year. I don't, I don't hate it after what we saw last year. Um, but yeah, that's really all you're looking for is obviously stay right where, you know, you don't want to get blown out by a team like the Nets. You play the Lakers tonight when this podcast release. Yeah. Um, and you just, you want to see, you want to see what you would see in a playoff game and just hope that um, you get the win. Uh, and more often than not, but I was not too disappointed with that Nets game on Monday night. It was it was a great great NBA regular season game for sure. As a um, noted Bucks, I would say you're Bucks hater, Murph. You're just you're hard on the Bucks. You expect a lot. Um, or what has you been your opinion of the season thus far? You know, as we're now 15 games or so into it. I mean, I'll be the first to say I haven't watched a lot. Shout out That's to YouTube fine. TV. Big national TL television NBA guy right now. Um, yeah. yeah, Sinclair is – I will say for the people, just really quick, if you do have that problem, you got to find someone with a cable subscription, get that Fox Sports Go going, and you're fine. And, and I don't get there once this, you know, this glory run of the Packers ends, you know, hopefully in three weeks. Um I think I'm very critical of the books. I understand how amazing Giannis is. I understand how crazy it is that we were able to resign him. And I don't look at it as like, Oh, we got him for five years. I look at it. Like we have like two years of Giannis before he really gets upset. And I think coach Bud is a, a non pandemic year away from getting fired in a David Blatt way. I, I just don't see anything different from him in the Nets game. Like there's probably five more, meaningful regular season games left for the Bucks. You know, Chris Middleton came out the other day and said, like, the Laker game doesn't matter. That game probably does matter, Chris. Like, and he usually shows up in those games, and I'm not 
like the Chris Middleton, me hating him now is just kind of like a bit now, but he did Badger, also decide Badger not there. to. Yeah. Badger, he also there. did, you know, take an awful shot the other night, but I think for the Bucks, and that's not his fault. Like if Bud keeps running that stupid out of bounds play to the corner, they're going to trap yeah. there. Um, yeah, the Bucks that, that, could, that, that's unreal. That, that, yeah, we got to find is. something else there. We got to find exactly. a new plan on that one. Like I knew that I know that worked for Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver in 2014, but like you know, six years of basketball has expired. I mean, I have serious concerns about that game because the Nets are like this vagabond team that just got together, and the Bucks are the Bu- the Bucks are been together. I mean, their rotation is what their rotation is last year, minus a couple you know pieces that we've added and subtracted, but. They need to find ways to unleash Giannis because come the playoffs, there is a full blueprint. And if we can't take advantage of that blueprint against a team like Brooklyn, who is going to have to play Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan and maybe KD at the five, then we're completely screwed. And we have to just pray that we, you know, someone else like the Heat or the Celtics catches them on a great, a bad week. And we don't have 76ers who play great defense, but I just, I'm worried about the Bucks. Because I look at a team like the Nets, they can, and I stole this from Bill Simmons, but they can trade Spencer Dinwiddie's expiring contract. That's like $11 million. He's not coming back anyways. So you can go get PJ Tucker tomorrow, or you can figure out how to get an Aaron Gordon. We don't really have like a lot of immovable pieces until Pat Connington can be traded. And what is Pat, Pat Connington's like, yeah, trade him for a dollar. And you know, you have five Pat Connington's to add up to that. He's, he is like, uh, he's Casey McGee. He's Jeff Janis at the end of the day. Yeah, he's Giannis's workout buddy. That's all he is, and a nice guy to the media. I mean, that's what Pat Connington I, is. Yeah, he made a nice hustle play. I got to give him credit for that. Like the hustle play he did, that's you know gave Drew Holiday a quick layup was really solid. But you're right. I, I think there are some concerns, but I go back to what Dante Divincenzo said about like, hey we need 20 to 25 games before we figure it out. I get what you're saying with the Nets, but the system that Nash D'Antoni run is such more of a playground, roll the ball out, let's figure this out, versus what Bud is doing where it's your spots, it's your quadrants, it's using Giannis as a role man. So I am not ready to be like, hey, this Bucks team has some significant concerns, but I do think that, Giannis just needs to find a little more confidence. He's lost it a little bit. I don't know if it's an injury thing. I don't know if it's a free throw thing. He, and I don't mind Chris Middleton being a closer. So don't get me wrong here. Like Chris Middleton can close out basketball games. He's good at it. He's clutch. But at some point you do need that Giannis stretch where he just, like you said, Murph, like you use him, take advantage of him. And he goes off for a four minute spurt and he has like, 12 or or 14 points. I get that he had 34 and I'm not trying to be too critical of Giannis, but Mitch, do you vibe with that or you're, am I off base? Uh, with Giannis's lack of sort of, yeah, I mean. The hot spot. He I doesn't think, have the hot spot of like the last, that sort of. Whatever last, that is. Whatever that is. He, he, uh, I think he's like right now this season, I think he's trying some things that, you're seeing more hook shots and like turnaround fadeaways, which we hate, but it, they tend to go in sometimes. I just, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think he's trying some, he, he could, he could probably stop shooting threes. I'm not going to say overall, but there's, there's definitely, if he could cut back on one or two a game, I think we'd, we'd all be very happy. 
but I think he's trying some things and is he's still getting his numbers, but I do agree. There's, there's something like not quite right, I guess with him. And I mean, where would we be if he didn't sign the Supermax? I don't know what it would look like. I, I feel like that was, that was killing him, you know? So if he just got it done with and um, so he can move on and play basketball and, you know, again, still he's, he's something, his body language is good, but he's just not like, yeah, I think he's there's he maybe he's maybe it is in his head a little bit like the whole through the wall thing and he needs to adapt his game. And I just think that if Bud wants to make an adjustment to utilize Giannis better, I think maybe honestly take the ball out of his hands a little bit more. Yeah. And just just let him let him because when he has the ball in his, and he, he brings it up all the time, teams can just can just build a massive wall and just you have Drew Holiday, you have Chris Middleton. I mean, you, you can, you can use those guys as ball handlers and let Giannis be the role, man. That's, that's not something, like I said, that's not something that was always there with, with the system. And if they're working on that, I mean, Giannis is a role, man, I feel like is, is deadly and it gets, it's another wrinkle for the defense to, uh, to adjust back to. Uh, and real quick on the nets, I was thinking of a couple, a couple of things that could the bucks may have in their bag. Uh, to, against them. I think defensively they match up really well with the Nets. Um, I think Dante DiVincenzo has the lateral quickness to hang around with Kyrie. I would keep Drew Holiday and James Harden. Do not let him go left. Um, where the fuck is Torrey Craig And for, for a team like that? And then... We're we relying on we Torrey Craig. I mean, we're screwed. Well, <laughs> okay, Murph. Torrey Craig played, I don't know, pretty meaningful minutes in the Western Conference Finals. That is so, true. Kiss my ass. On a great and, team, though. Yes, but you're right. Yes, and also one thing we didn't see is when is Giannis going to step up and guard Kevin Durant? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, I he did one. That is. Yeah. I don't know whose fault that is. Uh, Giannis was much maligned last year when, you know, dumbass reporters are asking him, why aren't you guarding Jimmy Butler when they don't play the same position anywhere near it? Um, and he said, I just do what the coach tells me, which was kind of a bad answer, but it's the truth probably and nobody wants to hear that though and maybe he does need to either talk to coach bud and be like look you got to put me on durant once or because i think i think Giannis, with his length he's the only guy that can potentially get a hand up on durant well middleton did pretty well though i mean middleton he, we got to give him yeah regarding durant all day and then and then doing what he did down the stretch it was admirable, but I feel like you got to mix in a little bit of Giannis on, on Durant and just, just do something to slow that dude down because he yeah. will destroy the Bucks. Yeah, I think we see that when – and we'll see that tonight when he plays Anthony Davis. Like, I think Giannis is really good on Anthony Davis. And he should yeah, be. He, 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 he yeah. does a really good job with with AD. And it, because of that, like, they have, a, they have a, usually a chance against the Lakers. I actually think – I don't mind the Bucks in this spot because, yeah, LeBron's going to get his, and I know LeBron's going to want to sort of rub it in Giannis's face or whatever the hell. But Schroeder, oh, you know LeBron wants the MVP. He yeah, really he wants that MVP. Schroeder, he's going to get it. He'll get. He, Gian, LeBron's going to win the MVP. There is no shot. Giannis could average. He'd have to average forty points a game. No, Giannis <laughs> won't get the MVP. I, there's no way Giannis will go three no. times, um, no matter That's what done. he does. It's done. Exactly. I, I don't yeah. even. That's not even in my in my brain in my brain right now. I also don't I even care about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck it. I, no, none of I us don't do. Need, I, I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for a Finals MVP. We I think I think we all are. That's a good way. So we'll see how they do against the Lakers. Hopefully. Oh, you got one more take? Yeah. Go ahead. 
I, I just have one take, and it's not about the roster. It's more about the city of Milwaukee and the organization. The Cavs had fans the other night against the Nets. They are very much as similar as us as a state. The Packers now will have had fans at two events. At yeah. one point, do we start to think about how do we social? The, the, the Cavs had like plexiglass up. At what point do we think about putting some fans back in Pfizer form in the dead of winter when we are going to have nothing to do come February and March? And there's going to be, I mean, I, I've punted on opening day personally. Uh, I hope that changes uh, and we can get to that later. But at what point do the Bucks need to start talking to the local community about how do we safely do that? Because that's a huge advantage for them. That's that that's, we saw that in the bubble and, you know, maybe that helps turn this team around a little bit. Like they have been away from fans. It'll be. Uh oh, Oh no. We lose Murph. We lost Murph. Well, as uh -oh. Murph was to let Murph finish his thought, we basically, as he was saying, we've been without fans for a year. He's absolutely spot on. I, I can't agree with, agree with him more that you've, you've had fans not be in the stadium and, and maybe that I was going to bring that up with Giannis. Like, Maybe that's part of the reason why Giannis is struggling a little bit is the lack of fans. Just there was a, a lastly motivation with that and, and the fans. So I, I have no idea. We'll see, we'll see what happens and we'll see if they're able to get fans. Um, that yeah. would be great. Um, and to bring them back, I think it might be till March though. I think they'll wait till winter's over and then, and then hopefully, you know, bring, bring the fans back come around March time. Oh, I can, well, quick schedule. Look, and you, I'll let you go, Mitch. The only quick, uh, I guess, somewhat insider information that we would have on that would be friend of the pod. Eric who's a season ticket holder. The bucks told him to expect for six games. Now I wonder six or seven games or something potentially this year, which I assume that means with the games they already have scheduled. So I guess that would probably put you at March, right? Yeah, so they're they're scheduled out till March fourth right now. Ah, so, okay, so maybe end of February, so like another month. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe you look at end of February. The Bucks have a they go on a nine game road trip starting in Cleveland on the fifth and ending in Oklahoma City on the fourteenth, and then they're home for a long a good stretch of games starting on the sixteenth. So maybe that stretch of nine days where you can basically clean, sanitize, do whatever you need to do, then you can start talking about it. And I don't know what the conversation will be with Marquette. If they say, Hey, we're going to bring fans back. Well, you can't because we need to keep our staff low. We need to make sure we're sanitized. We need to, sure to do everything. I don't know sure. how Marquette will feel about that, but I I don't know if they've even had that conversation or they could use Marquette they just wait. guinea pig. Or they just wait till Marquette is done at the end of February. Or, you know, you wait till conference tournament time, and then you say, all right, Marquette's out of the picture. We're good to go. Yeah. Real, real quick, um, before we go to our snow tap stuff, uh, NCAA tournament Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, do you guys like or not, not a fan? Yeah, I, I, love, okay. having that. I, I love having a first-round day on a, on a Saturday. That's awesome. I yeah, mean, it's pretty be a good to, thing coming out of COVID. Yeah, yeah. To, to not to talk over Mitch, but it'll probably be one of the more funner days. Hopefully, the three of us have had together in a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, talking about 11 a.m. noon watching basketball and 
you know, someone on this chat may have said we might be blacked out drunk by six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Probably on water. You know, this is a non-drinking show, but. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. None of us have ever drank before in our lives. Um, no, that, I mean, that, that day would be so annoying, too, because you'd just be in my pack ear. Of Mountain Dew. You, you'd just be in my ear about all these teams. Like, hey, like, tell me about Furman. Like, yeah. what do you think? Do you think, like, like Moneyline? Yeah. Like. No, no, no. Or here's it. Like, who's that? Who is that ACC player of the year from Pitt? Is the, oh, uh, Champagne. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Champagne kid. Is the Bagman still at Pitt? Like, do I do I take Duke here? And, and that's just a great day of Murph taking like blue bloods all day long, just oh, yeah. getting crushed. Yeah, yeah. national like, media Murph. His cousin is blue blood Murph. So that yeah, like, I do not watch college basketball. Like, it's one of the worst products during COVID out there. Like, it's uh, bad. So college basketball okay. is meant to have fans, but I will yeah, have showed up. I'll have showed up to the conference tournament, maybe watching one full college basketball game. And I'm proud of that, you know, unless, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. I stand by that. Coach Cal's not having a great year, so I feel bad. I will say if you're going to, for those who have similar takes as Murph and you're like, I've not watched one college basketball game, watch Gonzaga, watch Baylor, maybe watch Michigan. That That's really all you need. So. Agreed. What, what, I, what I have for you. All right. Let's get into our snow tap WI topics. Um, Murph actually set us up with these and was wanting to know about Mount Rushmore topics. So there's been 400 episodes, Mount Rushmore topics, things that we can remember in the vault. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is the, the day Ryan Braun tested positive for steroids or got suspended. And I just came like a bat out of hell to Mitch's house and just was mad the entire one. Another notable one was the day Tobias Harris got traded. I thought Mitch was apoplectic at the time. Uh, we did a show in my basement. We also did a really good, now I'm thinking about it in my basement, um, a great Manti Teo episode, the Lene Kanua one, also in the archives. Um, but And then a personal one, and I'll think of more, but personal favorite is the bar retirement episode after my 31st birthday where I realized I was too old for Joe Katz and I had to retire. That's, that was a good one. I, I, I just off the top of my head, probably the episode we recorded like the day before the NBA shut down oh, back yeah. in March. And <laughs> just like our COVID takes were probably just horrific. So one of, some and, of the worst. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that one, that one comes to mind immediately. Go ahead, Murph, if you got one. So I think it was definitely the 2012 NBA draft and yes. Chuck and I thought it would be a good idea to watch the first round of the NBA draft drink and then do a post game. I, I'm pretty sure it was the lockout year because it was so hot in my upper East side apartment. I mean, Chuck and I were sweating through our shirts, but if you go back and listen to that pod, I am for sure slurring at the end of the podcast. And like, it's an awful draft. It's the year before Giannis. Um, we might have drafted John Henson in that draft, but like it's just a garbage draft. I think it was for some reason. I do think it was the lockout year, or I don't know. There was also a, a famous, you know, snow tap memory where I crowned um, our friend Logan Thomas the Heisman Trophy winner as a quarterback at Virginia Tech. Uh, now he has became, you know, very good prediction by me that he'd be a successful NFL player. Just didn't know if it would be a tight end and. There's also a great pod we did also on the Upper East Side at Mitch's old house, um, sitting at his table. 
And I think it was like a, it was like a couple of days before I left for Cleveland, but it was kind of like my send off. And I will always kind of uh, remember that. And then anytime I ever joined from a weird state, uh, you know, maybe it was Cavs playoffs. Those were always really memorable for me. Or like we would do the, you know, the annual NFL draft pod where like, you know, nobody had heard from me from six months. These are all self-serving. So I apologize, but that's, that's how I think. But like, you know, I would whip out some shitty draft takes and like none of these guys, the Packers would take and they all get drafted by the Lions and Vikings. Um, those, those are some, those are some pretty fun memories. And then Summer Jam a couple of years ago was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Summer Jam, Summer Jam, like on a Saturday morning was great. That was, I just moved in. You hadn't lived here yet. That was a, that was a fantastic one. The Summer Jam this year was great. Uh, that was drunk. Um, we had fun. And that was a really good one. Uh, I remember one of my favorite ones when you popped in was remember the Packers were like one and two and, and you came on and we had you on and it had been a while and just, you were just scorched earth. Like, I can't believe everybody's overreacting. I forget which year it was, but it was I, I think classic. that might've been, um, I think that was the year that Rogers, that McCarthy ended up getting fired. Oh no, 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 no. It was earlier than that, but was it, it must've been the year before then the run the table year. It yeah, probably might've been, the, might been the run the table year. Yeah. The run yeah. the table year. Mitch and, I, so bad. <laughs> Mitch and I having to do a podcast after the the 2014 NFC championship game. That was tough. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't fun. Not really a memorable one, but definitely there. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any, there have been, there have been good ones throughout. It's, it's been awesome. It's so much fun. I'm so glad that I started doing it daily. It was so fun to start it with you Murph and then move our way. One that was never a podcast and who knows where life is. It's probably not that much different, but we, we had Zach Granke news, man. And 2010 and we could have broke it. And, and we were, and I was still like a journalism student, still a fucking pussy. And if I would have just said, fuck it, I, you know, whatever. Hard record. We also, we also, we had like a a third hand source that, uh, Christian Yelich was in town the day that they ended up trading for him. Yeah. Didn't we? I actually did. I did actually tweet that out, but I didn't, I was Rosenthal beat me to it by like seconds. Wasn't that because well, I, they wanted him to be at Brewers on deck, right? Yeah. It was right around Brewers on deck. Yep. Yeah. It was like the weekend before or that couple days before. Yep. That was, that was also a fun pod after the Yelich, Yelich and uh, Kane stuff came out was unbelievable. I one time called for Craig council's job in the 2018 season. Um, I had been drinking and they lost the Cardinals. It was a Friday night. So like July. Oh, (laughs) another good one that people love that I forgot about was a daily tap after Marquette lost to Seton Hall in the Big East tournament two years ago. Um, Also was drinking before that one. Got to be careful about those ones that I drink. But um, it was, I mean, such a badly officiated game. Theo John gets kicked out. Miles Powell doesn't. Miles Powell, that asshole, had like 39 points in the game. It was disgusting. Um, but yeah, that was my Marquette buddies love that that one. That was that's well regarded. Um, the all great memories that will live someday on the invisible snow tap, uh, tapping the keg Mount Rushmore. Last little uh, fun idea that I had was the best tapping the keg snow tap ideas we never executed. I have a great one, but I'll give it to Mitch and Charlie first. Um, 
Blake Martinez fan club t-shirts. I mean, that's probably a good idea. We didn't do that, but we fucking love Blake Martinez. We wanted Brian to Lammy. Him. Brian Lammy would have sued us, probably. So yeah, I mean, Brian. Brian will always look for a quick buck, so I wouldn't be surprised. But um, yeah, we were gonna do that. Um, we had a bunch of different t-shirt ideas. Never really got off the ground. Pat Luce made us t-shirts once. I got. I was coming home from a Super Bowl, and he's like, "Hey." We have a bunch of T-shirts from East Bay. I hooked it up, and I didn't even really ask. I just had T-shirts, and but I've been told I should bring the merch back. I've had some good sources saying some merch should come back, so we'll we'll think about that. Um, Street, in, yeah, streetwear is hot. Streetwear is hot. I'm telling absolutely, you, absolutely, absolutely. Mitch, I think for I think one of them for me would be just the uh, the, the the bar keg party that never happened. There was there was yeah. there a couple summers ago. Yeah, that, like that just would that was there's a lot of moving parts that go into stuff like that. And yeah, we called would have been would have been great. But yeah, we called somebody at Uglies for that. And oh, we we're going to host. We it. definitely gave away. We've given away more things in this in the snow tap having the keg history that people have not been actually the prizes have not been redeemed. Like we've definitely I given away. Ra- I gave Randy a hundred dollars. I gave Randy a hundred dollars. Like, we definitely, we definitely ran. We've definitely, <laughs> we've definitely ran some contests illegally where like people like not all the brackets were in, in time and we're like, oh, no, do we put this bracket in or not? Like, so that is yeah. funny. Mine is, Chuck, go ahead and then I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll just no, no, dust myself it. up. You got it. Mine is honestly like the most, like, I can't even think of the word, but in uh, 2018, Charlie and really me, I was in Florida. I was going to be moving back to Wisconsin. And I was like, you know what? I love gambling. Everybody loves my fantasy football stuff. Um, And by everybody, like 30 people. I had this idea uh, with Chuck that we were going to start a patron. And if people don't know what patron is, it was basically OnlyFans before OnlyFans. And we were going to make people subscribe to get gambling advice and fantasy football advice from Charlie and I. And it was going to be called Snowtap Gaming. And we launched it in August with my big board. And like, so some people, you know, some people still clamor for that and they paid for it, those poor souls. And um, we were supposed to rip out a couple podcasts every week. I was going to give gambling advice. And like, the, the worst part is like, we should have just like made it a Twitch idea and like gone into e-gaming and we would be retired now. Like we would have gone ahead of the Twitch movement, but instead the thing lasted, like, I think it might've lasted shorter than the AAF. I mean, we're talking four or five weeks before we before we ran out of production costs. Snowtap Gaming. We had a patron. I mean, we put a lot of time into this. And, like, I don't even think Charlie and I ever had a call to say it was done. It was just like, yeah, this isn't working out. It's done. Yeah, we just knew. We, we, we just sort of knew. You know, it's like movie wraps. Shorter than the summer. 2020 Pac-12 football season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, I had an idea. I was going to do my Instagram show on podcasts. Definitely got some flack from work because at that time I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this podcast, not tell anybody. I don't care. Uh, and oh, yeah. uh, we did a 10 minute, 10 minute Murph for, for a little while on, on, uh, on Fridays. And then I picked that ball up because uh, uh, I was one of the worst podcast. I was, I dreaded, hated doing it. I would do it Friday night in West Palm before I went out. I would just like run through it, all these like over unders and things like that. Yeah. Snow tap gaming is a hilarious t-shirt that will need to be made in like 30 years because oh, I don't yeah. even know if, I don't even know if we had a logo is the worst part. We might've, and no, it might've been awful. We didn't. we didn't. I was, it was terrible, man. It was an absolute, <laughs> absolute disaster. Um, oh, so fun. 
I I feel like yeah, tailgate ideas. I I, I love the fact that I would have say like, hey, meet us out for a beer. Like, come out. No, there would only be one or two people who maybe would take me up on it or something. We like did the Snow Tap March Madness Discord basically in like 2013 for March Madness, and the like that blog. was that. The live vlog was actually a huge hit. Like Mitch brought up the live vlog last day. He's yeah, like, you I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention the live vlogging stuff. The, how that was, that was such a thing back back in the early days. Oh my god, and, too fun. And- the reason we brought it up last week because Tom Silverstein's stu- still doing a fucking live vlog in 2021. Jeez, that's miserable. What is he doing it on like a Pandora website or is he doing that on patch.com for Whitefish Bay? <laughs> He's like, well, the best part is this started started the game. He's like, the live vlog's down. Uh, I'll let you I'll be tweeted on here. Is that is that is there any more thing more perfect than than a fucking live vlog for the old guard Packer beat? I mean, that is just, <laughs> just Pete Doherty telling the Leroy Butler story. That's about it. It's like, yeah. dude, just put it the 50 people on here on a text thread and mute it and figure it out. Like, <laughs> it, by the way, speaking of that, Pete Doherty with Leroy Butler, isn't it kind of weird? And I know it's for, for everybody that's up for the hall of fame, but isn't it kind of weird to have a media guy like have to like, have to have to cape for you. That's how it works. About that. it, I know oh, it is. It is but yeah. It's just like, it's just like, I, I don't know. Half these guys probably hate the media, and then like you know, they have to have a guy basically talk about how great they are for five minutes or whatever it is to the to the committee of the. It's just I don't. It's just something weird about it. Can't yeah, you find like yeah. an agent or something? Or it's I backwards. Mean, but then you'd have to have actual non-writers voting for the Hall of Fame, which would you know make people lose their minds. But that's actually how it works, Mitch. It's like you know the the Cleveland writer or the Pittsburgh writer. Let's use that example a little better. Um, he'll talk about you know why. Uh, Heinz Ward for five minutes, you know, his, his pitch. It, it's, it's the NFL Hall of Fame kind of stinks. Like, there's way too many people in it. I heard a great take today that, like, Phil Rivers, first ballot Hall of Famer, we don't need to talk about this, but like, we're going to have like 55 quarterbacks from our lifetime. Like, their car's getting in the Hall of Fame. That's the African. Yeah. 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 Like, Jamie, yeah. Like, like, Pete Doherty, I mean, he, he laid out the numbers. Leroy's stats are way better than, like, oh, Lynch or no, Atwater. No, Leroy deserves to be in there. I didn't see Chewy was, didn't say Chewy said he doesn't Chewy oh. said he didn't yeah his own teammate um he said that on the air he did he says he deserves to be in because of who's gotten in if you look at it and there's not enough safeties but like right. if you looked at the times like without the Lambo leap like Leroy is just kind of like the dude like he's like Craig Newsom, unfortunately dude I don't know man Leroy was four-time all-pro he like he was like the first guy to blitz as a safety. I mean, Rod Woodson was doing that Steph then Curry. too. Yeah, goddamn Steph Curry. Yeah. Well, we know who Mitch is going for. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily think. I don't know. It's it's really he has a lot of guys to go up against, and I don't know if it's going to happen this year. But I mean, that's they, the they will all get in. They'll yeah, hey, they'll all, hey get in. all all Hall of Fames are bullshit basically at this point. It's like, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I could look at probably any sport of the, the guys who have gotten in the last five years and be like, mm, and the, I don't know. And the funniest thing is, is baseball is the one where actually they're so, so like keeping guard of it. And it's the most ridiculous thing. Cause it's like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, like two best fucking players of the last. A Rod, Pete Rose. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah the baseball is Kirk showing as part of Q and on, he should probably be in the hall of fame. Exactly. Like, yeah. 
Hall of Fames are like museums. When they need to raise money, they let more people in. That, that's basically like when museums need money, they're like, shit, we should have a Halloween party. This would be a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we're it's been a great 400, guys. Hopefully another 400, maybe 400 making some money. We'll see. Um, and a lot more bad ideas, a lot more good topics, hopefully. I'm going to announce here today, special announcement if someone's still listening, probably not. But if people are still listening, at some point, we're going to transition to Tapping the Keg Sports. That will be the name of the blog, the name of the podcast, everything. Now, the roadmap, this is not going to be a failed idea, I promise. But your boy has a lot of things going on. So I got to think about a lot of stuff. If you want to help out, hit me up. I don't know if I can pay you, but we can figure something out. I'll put it that way. So, and I've, I have jobs, so I have things, but I can do it on my own. It's just going to take a little more time. So hold tight. Got thought? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Great name change. I actually, I, I, I liken it to the day that the angels dropped California. Uh, and you know, when they were the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim and orange County in California, it, it's a great transition to a new era. Um, you know, new uniforms, new merch, new ticket sales. Will the name of everything be changed before or after you get married? Can we get a little over under here? Okay. All right. Let's, let's do this. And I'm, I'm dead serious. If I don't have it done before my wedding, I will do a actual Packer party at a bar. I will fund it. I will ha- open a tab and I will do it because I'm hoping we're out of COVID and I'll have some time before holiday gets going uh, somewhere in the honeymoon and we'll do, we'll, we'll have everybody at the bar and I'll go ahead. I love it. I'll, I'll throw this bet out there. If you get it done before then I will do a beer mile and I'll let you video it and put it on. But if you don't, you have to do the beer mile and we're going to put it on snow tap uh, and it's going to be a hit. And a beer mile is at a track. And for every lap you do, you got to drink a beer. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Yeah, I'll do it, Mitch. Just, since we're laying out stipulations, do you want to do you want to add to this? I, you can if you want to. We, we can just keep this going. Oh my God! Wow, I, I never heard of a beer mile. First of all, but I, I do. I don't mind that idea. You should what try one. Four, four laps. <laughs> four laps. Do that. Oh, all right. Well, Mitch is doing it either way. So, well, real quick, Morgan said the other day that she can, she can kick a field goal. If she has a week of practice, she thinks she can (laughs) ask Cody Parkey about that. I I said, hell yeah. I, when she, when she said that, I was like, hell yeah, you could. I was like, I was like, I could throw a touchdown pass in the one yard line too. If I had four downs in in an NFL game, I could, I could take Aaron Rodgers spot. That's from the one yard line. I could do that. Game. I mean, I, I, I would come. You, I would come through for you. I guarantee it. I would just run it. I mean, that's what I would. Do. You guys know that. <laughs> oh fuck that! I'm throwing it from the one yard. Then I'm not. I'm not getting in there. I'm not sticking my nose in there. I'm throwing it. Play action pass. Roll out. Too easy. Like, like your idol, Philip Rivers. Mitch, do you have a stipulation bet here, or are you just gonna pass because you're not a gambler? I'm not a gambler. Um, yeah, <laughs> I can't think of anything. But I mean, let's let's get it done. Yeah, well, let's get it we will. Done, man. I'll, I'll tell. It's, I'll give you uh, one for stipulation. It's a great name. Mitch, you can find find someone under fifty dollars that I'd have to get a cameo from. That just pick pick somebody, and I'll <laughs> get a cameo from that. Oh, 
or a Vince thing. I got a good one lined up that I won't say that we're going to get from Mitch. That's, that's for after hours podcast. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's part of the post game show, kids. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Take care. We'll be back tomorrow. What should I bet my team? You kind of already know what I'm going to say there. Um, But we'll be back tomorrow. um, And Mitch and I will be back next week, hopefully talking about good stuff and having our eyes on how do we get down to Tampa for a weekend. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.